Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tech Talk, a podcast where Amit and I tackle various technology-related topics and talk about it. Um, we don't just talk about the technical side. We also talk about the social implication of those technologies in, in our lives. Uh, today, we're going to talk about digital trading. This is a topic that is not uh, covered very much. I thought this would be a really good topic for us to talk about, for our audience to be aware of everything, all the things that are out there for us to utilize, as well as to be cautious of. What What, what is digital trading? So I think, uh, thanks again, Renat, for that uh, lovely introduction. And I would like to start with trading itself. Trading started with trading of goods, goods of certain value. And when you trade goods of certain value, you and what trading means is exchange of goods. So say you have a lot of wheat and you want to exchange it for a lot of rice. They are, and then you trade wheat for, you exchange wheat for rice, you make a trade. Uh, or you uh, buy some uh, paddy with a lot of money and uh, say you buy it for say $100 and then you sell it for $200 to a different place, a different location. So then you make a profit. So these are different types of trade. You exchange and then you uh, sell it for profit. So that's uh, trading in conventional sense. And when we talk about digital trading or electronic trading or trading, we are talking about financial assets. Uh, and what do you mean by financial assets? So financial assets are anything like your stocks, your bonds, your uh, uh, commodities, foreign exchange, uh, index funds, etc. Okay, so there are different types of assets that uh, financial assets that you can buy and uh, you can trade them on different exchanges like the stock exchange or there are markets where you can trade say cryptocurrencies. So digital trading uh, also uh, encompasses not just financial assets, but uh, digital assets. So what are digital assets? Cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ethereum, then NFTs which we have already spoken about. So all these are digital assets and you want to trade them. So you go to a place and you buy these digital currencies. Say you go to Binance or Coinbase and you buy the digital currencies or you go to an NFT exchange and you buy the NFTs. So these are nothing but different types of trades. So digital trading combines electronic trading and trading or paper trading that used to, that used to happen previously ages back. Yes, this is, I actually think it's really nice that you started with the actual part of trading. And, uh, you know, a lot of us uh, usually would call it bartering. And when we, when we usually try to explain the origin of money and how it came about, we then first start with how in earlier, you know, ages, uh, you know, humans used to barter first, and then came the concept of money. But Interestingly enough, a little bit of side topic. Interesting enough, that apparently has been proven wrong. Uh, apparently, that's not how money was invented. But this is a completely different topic, so we're gonna we're gonna tackle that again, maybe in another episode. But uh, it is true that we did used to barter in different ways. I needed rice, you needed mango, or someone else needed lentils or whatever. And we traded between these things. And when we traded, um, you know, it, it, it's in the word, uh, we traded when we wanted different things and different people had those array of things we had to trade now the invention of money or the need of money that's one uh, that's another side but in order to be able to trade we had to all meet in one place which would basically where we would all sort of present what we have to offer and uh, we could uh, we could see what everyone else has to offer and then we could sort of engage in some sort of uh, agreement that i'll give you this much of what i have in in exchange of what you have and this common location i mean obviously at, at, in in earlier days there was no internet or wi-fi or websites to do this we actually had to meet in physical locations and that's what we used to call marketplace and we used to meet in these marketplaces and then present everything that we have to trade 
we need we wanted to sell and also we wanted to buy so we wanted to sort of communicate with the rest of the traders that this is what we want to buy or sell now imagine if we wanted to sort of uh, buy rice because that's a staple food every household needs some rice and many people as as you would imagine many people would want rice to sort of because it it it's it's not easily perishable so as as far as food goes a lot of people would probably want to have rice some stocked rice in in their household so imagine if we meet all of us meet in a in a in a in a marketplace where we have different things some have mango some have banana some have lentils and some of rice and all of these are limited but then there is a lot of demand for rice a lot of people want rice and then there isn't enough rice that would create a sort of um, imbalance supply and demand issue imbalance. and that would yeah. cause what would be the logical logical consequence is that only a few people would be able to buy rice and the people the seller would only sell to the people who in a fair, in a in a fair marketplace the seller would be able to sell it to whoever is the highest bidder and now obviously before the age of internet this was very difficult to do because you know in order for you to know who is the who is able to bid the highest for say 1 kilo of rice it would be very difficult to do it manually and in one marketplace the rice could be valued differently than a completely different value just half a mile away in a different marketplace so this wasn't fair for anyone really because ultimately seller or buyer they they all risk losing out because the the prices and everything is was not synced up globally or nationwide and it was just within that marketplace and there were so many other other issues of um, you know uh, you know like manhandling and you know unfair sort of coercion and stuff like that now all of these things that we don't even consider being being a problem in nowadays is because of the advent of digital trading because nowadays we don't have to meet in person not only the hassle of going to a marketplace physically with our tons and tons of trucks truckload of rice but also we can actually ensure that we are getting the fair market value of you know spreading it out that this is what i have to offer and whoever wants to pay the best value for what i have to offer can get it so that all um, all of that is becoming possible because of the marketplace being digital and that's what we're going to talk about today in more detail in digital trading how the trading making it digital making our lives easier well i think uh, you've summarized it really well like even i couldn't do better than that so there are a couple of things i take from that is uh, firstly the marketplace so if you look at the global trade routes uh, which have which were there in in the earlier uh, ancient times the you think about the silk route you think about the spice route you think about the slave route uh, there was a sugar tea coffee these were traded so people used to come to the indian subcontinent to get the spices they used to go to china for the silk then there were other other uh, resources like sugar that was planted in the um, caribbean and the slaves were uh, to work on those sugar plantations were taken from africa so there was a global trade happening of goods and people uh, and this trade enabled the civilizations to thrive because then they could even if they can't grow something in their own land they can go to a different land buy that good and sell it in their uh, country at a maybe profit or whatever and that's how trades happened and you were right uh, people used to uh, bid for the uh, the highest bidder would get the rice uh, and the way they would do it is by calling out loud so that's why you still see in stock exchange some of the stock exchange that there are people who are shouting because they have like okay someone is willing to buy 1000 stocks of uh, google or uh, 1 million dollar worth of stocks for google someone is shouting like that in the stock exchange and if anyone is willing to buy or sell those stocks to this person then uh, they they have a deal that's how a trade is finalized what happens with uh, the um, the nuances of trading is 
who has given what bid what has the contract been agreed upon what has the price that has been agreed upon what good is being sold what is the value what uh, uh, what is it being exchanged for is it being exchanged for money or some other goods etc so those were written down initially maybe hand uh, and you were initially calling it but then eventually they were written down and then written down means that it's it's a cumbersome process it takes time someone has to audit the documents and then someone has to keep track about okay what goods were sold when uh, and if there is a dispute how do you settle the dispute so those things happened over a period of time and then gradually you started having electronic trade that meant that you can now do a trade electronically so it means the contract is signed electronically the purchase of goods is done electronically uh, the bidding is done electronically the order is uh, sent electronically etc so that's electronic completely electronic and then you had the advent of digital assets so again if you look back at the exchanges exchanges are very local to a region so new york stock exchanges new york based london stock exchanges london based bombay stock exchanges bombay shanghai japan so there are different stock exchanges each stock exchange will have their local stocks to trade so suppose i want to buy a google share where is google share being traded they are being traded on the new york stock exchange are they being traded in london maybe they are because they have an office here so they can actually trade here legally because they have a company and they can uh, trade here so then it means if you want to buy a financial asset you'll have to go to that specific exchange and then you have to look whether that exchange provides other uh, other assets like commodities or forex so say for example i have a, a, a an order to buy google i want to buy it from new york stock exchange but i don't want to go to the new york stock exchange website place an order so there are brokers so there are uh, investment brokers or stock brokers so these brokers what they do is and this happened before the uh, the different types of uh, websites that emerged so these brokers they used to take your order and they used to place it at the exchange and then once the order is completed they used to tell okay now you have these stocks then we had the dematerialization of accounts like demat accounts where you were actually storing the contracts the digital contracts and uh, and these were stored but now like with a platform like trading 212 which we both use we can and buy robin a stock hood and robin hood uh, yeah. so we can buy a stock on any exchange and any uh, any uh, type of stocks and we cannot buy not just stocks we can buy cryptocurrencies we can buy index funds we can buy uh, maybe forex etc uh, so it gives us a lot of flexibility now without opening an account and these websites are acting like a trading broker or a stock broker but now they are encompassing not just one type of financial asset but different types of financial assets and that's where the digital trading is now getting so popular because it's now easily with a, a click of a button you can do a trade and when we talk about digital trading we are talking about individual investors we are not talking about institutional investors big organizations like uh, Uh, hedge fund companies or index fund companies that buy tra- uh, stocks in bulk like in millions of millions of stocks because they manage a huge amount of funds so those are institutional funds uh, say pension funds so uh, pension companies they buy they invest in stock market and there are many other companies they invest in stock markets but we are not talking about that we are talking about individual investors like us who want to do a trade online Absolutely I mean as you mentioned this this is such a vast area of trading there are different types of assets that you can trade there are different types of platforms that you can trade on and then there are different types of um uh traders if you like like retail investors like uh, you and I and the audience potentially and institutional invent- investors so there's so many nuances of of trading and we need to be aware of all the different things that happen that's happening right now in trading to be able to make an informed decision i know obviously you know you can't know it all and you can't predict everything because then whoever could would would very quickly become a millionaire but um it's it's still a very good practice to understand all the different things at play here so if we if we cover it one by one from from if we start from 
the type of the things you trade, like, you know, thousands of years ago, it was rice and, you know, wheat and whatever. So nowadays we have different things that we trade. We have stocks and shares. So stocks are various sort of uh, assets. It could be, I mean, I, I, I am not 100% because I'm not a, like a finance guy, but it could be gold and silver and then precious metals. Um, and it could be other things like food and uh, sort of wheat and all of these kind of things. And shares are sort of um, usually said to be shares of successful companies, which are successful public companies, which sort of distributing their shares to the public, so, which uh, example of this is like Google and Apple and Adidas. But, and but here I want to add, like, it's not just successful companies. It's also companies that are uh, trying to raise money from the stock market. Uh, hmm, the reason yes. being, uh, the reason being that uh, they can uh, introduce a share, they can give a piece of their company, and they can say that okay, we are giving you a piece of our company, you give us money in lieu of that, and then people mm -hmm. who believe in the company, they'll invest in that particular stock or share, and they'll buy it. Yes, yes, absolutely. So that that could be another motivation for a company to be in the public market. So um, so there are stocks, there are various stocks uh, of which are like actual assets, physical assets. Um, and then there are shares which are come, you know, part owning very small part of the company. And then there are other kind of, if we expand out there, there are other kind of digital assets like cryptocurrency. And then there are uh, another thing called Forex trading. Forex stands for foreign exchange. So there are various, you know, the, the, the actual foreign currencies. So if you're in UK, you might want to buy some US dollars or, you know, other euro or Japanese yen or whatever you want to exchange as you see fit. If you think that the value of pound will go up, then maybe you want to you know, trade based on that, or if you want to, if you think the value of dollar or euro will go up or down, you might want to decide your trade based on that. So that's the things that you buy or sell. And one, one you know, thing you forgot is commodities, which is oil. Yes. Oil, uh, uh, rare earth metals, iron, all those things. So people trade uh, on commodities as well, silver, gold, etc. Yes, yes. So that's the things that you uh, trade. And then there is the trading platform itself. As you mentioned, Amit, Trading 2121, Robinhood are some of the ones that I, I really praise because they revolutionized the whole of the trading game for retail investors because you and I, you know, um, or, or just mass population who have just a little bit of money saved up and they don't want the money to be depreciated under the couch in, in, in their, you know, cash savings. They want, you know, to buy some sort of asset which will appreciate in value. If not, appreciate to a you know to 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 a significant level at least to keep up with the uh with the inflation so they could potentially just want to buy an S&P 500 you know a fractional share of that so all of this is becoming being uh you know possible for for platforms like trading 212 or Robinhood, uh, which is in US, but there are other trading platforms as well, which have, you know, a, a bigger range of things that you can trade, for example, wheat and rice and things like that, that you can't potentially trade in trading 212. But, you know, trading 212 also has a really vast array of things that you can trade. So I, I personally use trading 212 and I never miss felt like i'm missing out on 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 a, on, a, on something so yeah uh, but there are other other platforms like hardbreeze lansdown and then you know many other names that uh, a quick google search will reveal so those are the platforms that enable you to trade um, and in terms of cryptocurrency, there are Coinbase and Binance, two of the bigger ones, and then there are a few others as well. So those are platforms. And then, then the question comes as, uh, what do you? What was the third thing? The, oh, what oh. type of trader you are? 
Yeah, what type of, so there are various financial products. You could think about shares that when you're buying a share, you're, you know, buying a very tiny part of ownership of that company. But then there are trading 212 allows you to do CFD trading, which is a different type of trading altogether. And that is to do with short selling and long selling. That is basically you're betting whether the price of the stock will go up or down in future, sometimes in a week's times or in a month's time. So there are products, financial products like that. And then there are many other financial products like futures and, and, and a few others. And these are financial products that you can sort of interact with. Uh, I don't want to use the word trade because I'm not a trade, trade, you know, like a finance guy. So I don't know all the right terminology, but all in all technology that is, there are technology right now that we can avail to enable us to do all of these different things in different marketplaces that wasn't available even five or 10 years ago. So that's the amazing part that the technology behind it is letting us, you know, the, the regular population to be a part of this, this investing world and make a, make a sort of a, a very small yet significant impact. So, um, so, so even institutional investors have to sometimes think about this. And an example of this is GameStop, which is when <laughs> retail investors completely took down institutional investors. There is a money that's uh, being made. Uh, sorry, not money. There is a movie that's uh, going to come out, which is called Dumb Money, which is on GameStop and uh, uh, Robin Hood. So, mm, yes. so it's 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 incredible. Like uh, it talks about the whole story but i think uh, i i wanted to cover some basics as well uh, before we go uh, i mean before we go further uh, one of the things uh, when we talk about trading is that uh, you place an order say you want to buy 100 shares in a company now the thing is why do you want to buy 100 shares you want to buy 100 shares because firstly you want ownership and you firstly then you want a return on your investment so you think that owning this company will give me a return 10 years in the future or maybe one year down the line. So if I buy the share of a company today for $10, but by the end of the year, it will go to $100, I get a good return on my initial investment. And that's why I want to invest. And some people invest longer because they think that the value will go even higher than what it is currently today. So if you stay in the game for a very long period of time, until unless the company goes bankrupt, say if you've invested in Google 10 years or 20 years ago, you would be quite rich if you had invested a lot of money. So again, the trade game becomes uh, different when you uh, invest a small amount or a big amount. And initially when you had to place a trade, it had to be like in whole amounts. I want to buy 100 shares. You couldn't buy it in uh, fractional amounts. I want to buy 0 0.1 uh, index fund, 0 0.1 share, which you can do with the current platforms. Uh, and then when you are actually placing the order earlier, uh, you would place it through a trader or a broker or whatever. And they used to charge a commission. Trading 212 and these platforms, what they do is they don't charge you any commission. So that's the game changer. Uh, how, do, how does their business model work? I'm still trying to figure it out. But currently, they don't charge you for any commission. So whatever price you pay, you uh, whatever price you are shown for that particular stock, you get that stock. Uh, yeah so so this is this is kind of uh, the dark side of of this kind of uh, pla platforms which are enabling which are I think overall after doing all the plus and minus I would still be for these kind of platforms trading to one two and Robinhood because it's enabling you to do something that you could never do before profitably because every single trade you would request would have like four pounds five pounds or you know dollars charge which just completely makes it um too risky for for small investors who wants to invest 100 pounds in in one stock because five pounds is just gonna which is five percent of their trade and then guaranteeing that 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 particular share will go up more than 5% is value is in is is quite risky. quite risky so it was just impossible but 
there is a dark side to trading two one two and Robinhood, and they obviously they have to make money. So one way I don't know about Robinhood very much. One way trading two one two may make money, and I I haven't done enough research to guarantee and uh, confidently say these things, but I have done some research which I can sort of rely upon. So one way trading two one two makes money is the foreign exchange. So if you sort of buy something in New York Stock Exchange, which is uh, bought in dollars. You are in UK, you're paying in British pounds. So the foreign exchange fee, they do charge a very little amount, uh, 50 fraction of a penny uh, for each of these, but obviously they add up with with thousands, tens or hundreds. If you do a lot of trades, then it adds up. From all of the people. So that's one thing. And the other thing is you don't get the best value in the market. So when you place a market order that I want to buy one Apple share, when you place it, you won't get the exact, the microsecond that when you place the order, that price you probably won't get. They will sell your intention of buying one Apple share a few microseconds before you to large banks and large corporations so they get the the a few seconds before you know that that information a few seconds or microseconds before you so they can do something with that information which i don't know exactly how it works and i would encourage you guys to sort of do your research and please also tell us uh enlighten us so we could share with the rest of the audience as well but our intention of selling or buying is is sold to large corporations a few microseconds before us so they can aggregate all of these you know intentions uh every microseconds and then they can make more informed purchase or selling decisions which obviously makes them more money but as a as a individual investor you were not gonna make this wasn't gonna make any difference to you anyway because whether an apple share right now is maybe a hundred dollars and you know if you you know by the time the buying order is processed you probably would buy it for a hundred dollars and one cent which is not really going to make much difference as an individual investor, but a corporation which who is buying a million dollar million shares, which is like tens, a hundred million pounds or dollars, it will make a big difference for them. So um, I would still encourage to definitely put yourselves in this situation to to learn and make your own decisions after thorough research. But uh, definitely, definitely is, I think it's still worth it. Yeah. And uh, while you were talking about all this, I was just checking my tra- trading to into account and I actually have a stock uh, for a company uh, uh, and the amount of shares I have for that is 115 point something. So I actually own a fraction of a share. I don't own that share completely. I own a fraction of that share. And this is uh, something that could not be done uh, previously. So this has, this has now started happening because earlier you also have to think like you will try to sell it at a price, but someone has to be willing to buy it at that price. And if uh, more people are selling it at a lower price because they just want to get rid of the stock, the price falls. And if more people are willing to buy it at a higher price, the stock value goes up. So that's how the stock market is played. Like you need to understand the basics of how the price goes up and down. And then with these tools, you have different mechanisms. So like say, if a stock value is going down uh, uh, continuously for a certain uh, uh, like uh, percentage then you can uh, I think you do what you, you you do something like a stop or something right you yeah stop, there are stop various, loss stop uh, yeah yeah there are various like tools that. like that where you could put a stop sale or a limit order and things like that which helps you making a decision so basically what what these tools help you to do is that it will prevent your losses i mean reduce your losses not prevent reduce your losses so if something is falling down then it reduces your uh, losses to a certain limit so it will automatically make a trade on your behalf if you set a limit so that's again the benefit of this like if it reaches a certain limit that you have defined it will make a trade on your behalf saying that okay it has reached a limit i cannot bear further losses 
so those are the different things but in trading itself you have different types of trading like day trading so i buy something today and i sell it before the exchange closes today and in that period i'll try to predict if it will go up or down normally i will predict that it will go down so uh, sorry up so if it goes up i i buy it say $1 it goes up by $1.5 and that's where day traders come they buy a million shares at $1 and at the end of the day, if they are able to sell it for $1.5 per share, that 1 million suddenly becomes 1.5 million. So that's how they make huge profits. That's where day trading is uh, there. and It's completely legal. Uh, you can do it, but you have to be very, very careful because you can lose a lot of money very quickly a lot of people have yeah exactly the other side of what the example you just gave that that one dollar of share could become 50p at 50 the p, end exactly. of the day and then you can very quickly within a day's range you lose half a million dollars so that could also happen so um and also only i think there was some sort of statistics that the only 20 to 30 percent of day traders actually profit uh, from the market. So it's less than 50%. So unless you are very knowledgeable and you're, you're very, you know, you've done your research to a degree that you're above 70% of the people who are in the market. And bear in mind, there are like Harvard, Oxford, Cambridge graduates and analysts who's, who's spent their whole life researching various companies. So unless you are confident enough that you're above 70% of the whole marketplace, then you shouldn't be day trading is, is what my advice is. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, of, of course, this option is open for you. And it's there are, there are also a, a lot of virtual marketplaces where you could actually interact with the real life marketplace with virtual currency. For example, trading two on two in UK, they gives you this um, this option where you basically have the you know open the account and have everything open and set up, and then they give you like a fake money for fifty thousand pounds or whatever, um, or you can decide how much money you want to start with just so you can practice, and then you would decide whether you know, these 10 different company share or 100 or 200 different companies share you want to buy. And then you see that whether how you performed and you can play this virtual game for as, as many days or years as you, as you want to build up confidence and to understand how the whole thing works. And then once you are confident enough, then you can start with real money that you can, you know, transfer from yeah. your bank account. But they're not just trading to one to many, many banks have this I've done that on IG.com and uh, I think uh, one of the things is you understand how to do a trade, but you also understand the platform itself. Like what are the different options on the platform, how to use some of those features, etc. <laughs> so basically these platforms, they give you this virtual currency so that you can understand the platform, understand the mechanisms with which you trade. But as Renat mentioned, day trading is a very risky business. Only 10-20% of people actually make money out of it. And that's why you should look at, look at trading as an investment. So you are investing in a company for a certain period of time. So you invest money thinking that it will give you a return maybe six months, one year, uh, two years down the line. And you forget about that money. And the way Or even more. Yeah, Five, even, more, even, even more, say for Google, because the price keeps going up. And now the thing is, these these uh, stocks are in your name, right? And if trading 212 closes tomorrow, those stocks are still in your name. So even if the company goes bankrupt, because the stocks are in your name, you own the piece of the company, you can still transfer your shares. So that's how stocks are better than say having cash because then you have a legal right to the share of the company because you have the ownership you have paid money to buy that okay uh, apart from that uh, i mean you have invested for a long period of time what happens is companies they start paying you dividend every quarter or every half yearly they'll announce a dividend and they will say because we have made this much profit in this year we want to return or give some money back to our investors and the way we want to do it is by giving a percentage of the value. So they'll say 10p, 
on the face value or say 100p on the face value will distribute. So if you have 100 shares and the dividend is 50p, you'll get uh, 5 pounds. Okay, so something like that. And that's a huge incentive because if you have a lot of shares, then you'll get a lot of dividend. And there are different rules as well because see, we are talking about investment, but then you have to think about tax as well. So you are gaining an interest dividend is nothing but an interest on the amount that you have invested uh, that interest uh, you can uh, pay tax on it defined by the government uh, and there are different slabs so we'll not get into it but of course you have invested some capital in a stock so there is something called as a capital gain interest there are certain limits depending upon how much you earn so based on that uh, the tax uh, slabs are defined and then you pay the tax accordingly and again, another advantage of using such platform is you're not just buying stocks. You can buy cryptocurrencies, blockchain, uh, sorry, not blockchain, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, etc. And you can buy these on the platform. And as Renat mentioned, they don't charge commission. They might charge commission for Forex and maybe crypto, but not for the regular stocks. And when you say commission free trading, it means there is no commission on buying a share and no commission on selling a share. Because if you look at the previous platforms, the, uh, the platforms from previous generation before this transformation happened, they used to charge commission on every trade. There was a commission on selling, there was a commission on buying, there was a commission on, if you do 100 trades, there was a commission for so many trades, then they simplified, they said unlimited trades in a month, but you'll have to pay for buy or uh, this. And there were different types of uh, things. So that's how the platforms earned money. And these new platforms, they are changing the game because they are now offering commission-free trading. So imagine, like you don't have to pay a lot of money to start investing, but it still has a limitation. Uh, the limitation is it will not have every single stock listed on the exchange. It will not have, uh, it might have some large cap companies, some mid cap and some small cap, but it will not have all the cap companies. Large cap means large capital, big, uh, big companies like Google, Alphabet, who have, uh, not Alphabet, Apple, they have huge uh, capital, like they have millions and bi billions of uh, dollars invested in the stock exchange through their shares. But then they're a medium cap. So they are not very big, but they are big enough. Say banks, banks, maybe, maybe you can uh, consider some small banks, a medium cap. And then there are the small caps, which, uh, which have just like started a startup or something like that. They are not uh, huge, but uh, they are trying to leverage money from the stock market. And then again, getting listed on the stock market is also not very easy. You have to meet certain criteria before you get listed on the stock market. So there is a whole lot of things. But the whole idea of explaining all this is that there is a platform where you can buy certain assets and you can profit from it. Like I'm just looking at my trading to an account right now. I've just bought one company's share, about 115 of them. I've made a profit. Uh, yeah, I was ma I've made a profit. The profit has just suddenly gone down uh, because the uh, the price changed. So now you can see your real-time performance. And these indicators are not possible previously because you had to log in somewhere. Now you have everything on a mobile app. So it makes life so much easy. So that's the benefit of using these platforms. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, uh, all of the, none of the things, just, just wanted to put a little bit of disclaimers that none of the things Amit and I shared with you guys are just for information purposes only. These are not professional financial advice in any way. Yes. And also, we are not yeah, sponsored no. by Trading212 or anyone else who, uh, uh, you know, made us say any, anything biased. It's just our personal experiences. And we are sort of educating you guys in terms of in, in digital trading platforms, not necessarily just Trading212 or Coinbase or Binance, but all of them all together where you can, you know, these are different marketplaces, just like, you know, thousands of years ago where you would have different areas, you know, maybe in London or New York, you will have marketplaces where everyone would come gather around. Uh, these are the marketplaces where which are dedicated for different types of assets like Binance or Coinbase are for cryptocurrency, Trading212, Vanguard, uh, Hargreaves, Lansdowne, Robinhood, these are for trading assets and uh, shares of companies. And, and various others for various. So, so these are marketplaces that you want to be aware of, whether you want to 
you know, sort of get into investing and things like that. But yeah, no, none of this is financial advice. But um, at the same time, uh, not as an advice, what I would do, I would tell you, is this the safest way of investing in the ever-evolving and ever-volatile market of shares or crypto or whatever. I, I personally think the safest way of investing in this kind of thing is a term called dollar cost averaging, which means that you, you know, you, you're saving a certain amount, you know, maybe you get paid monthly or weekly, a certain amount every week or every month, you kind of put aside for saving. And then you buy a ETF or exchange traded funds. Uh, these are like an aggregate of various different companies, which bas basically diversifies the risk, which is basically less risky, if you'd like. Um, so if I, if for me, uh, what, what I would do, and this is again, not an advice, but what I would do is do this thing called dollar cost averaging, which means that every month you put set aside a certain amount, like hundred dollars or hundred pounds and buy, uh, what I would do is S&P 500, which is a, a ETF of the top 500 US companies. And historically, this has always gone up by 5 to 8% in the last 100 years. So that I think is a, a good place to start while you figure out the rest of the things. But uh, yeah, dollar cost averaging on S&P 500 is what you want to Google if you want to start out on digital trading platforms. And, and for those people in the UK, I invest in index funds using Vanguard on FTSE 100. So index funds are uh, similar to ETF. I don't know the exact difference, but index funds are also group of shares. So there are like group of 100 shares and uh, there is a percentage invested in each of these companies uh, based on which is making, uh, which is uh, doing better. And uh, FTSE uh, manages this and then you can buy the uh, index fund through Vanguard. And the best thing is that uh, it gives you about 8 to 9% return. So you don't have to invest in one company, you're investing in different companies, but then you're not investing in different companies directly. You're buying a fund that invests on your behalf. So so it's it's a safe bet because you are then giving the ownership of trading to experts. Plus you don't have to then do the research yourself. You don't have to spend time and effort in uh, trying to figure out what's the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing to do, etc. So you leave the thinking to the experts who have trained, who have got knowledge in this market, and we don't. Uh, so it's easy. Or or buy some stocks on Trading212 with money that you are willing to lose. In the sense, say if you have 10 pounds or 50 pounds to lose, which you think like you go to a casino and you try to gamble, right? For the fun, fun part, because you like the adrenaline of uh, throwing some, uh, losing some money, not losing, but thinking that you might make some money. So that's how casinos work. So same way, you can go on trading two and two with some capital, 10 pound, 50 pound, try to buy some stocks, see which are the good ones, which are the bad ones. You read the news. Uh, and then uh, buy something and just see and just just stick with it. Even if it is a bad performing stock, just stick with it. See how the performance uh, changes up and down over the period of say one year, two year. Because see, you have, you have first invested something that you're willing to lose and you have learned how to invest on a new platform and then you have learned how to be patient with your investment. And these are very uh, important things. Like you have to be very patient. If you are like the, those day traders, you'll make a huge uh, loss. Well, if you if you are able to beat the odds, you can make a huge mm -hmm. gain as well. But that's where the risk comes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is also, again, my, uh, my ideology as well. And this is, these are some of the, some of the things that, um, are actually said in every like advertiser, wherever that, uh, you know, capital at risk. You know, you will hear that in many places and, you know, everything about trading is uncertain, but this is what, there are a few things that are 100% certain. 
which is you know some one of those things are capital at risk which is basically before you start you need to have this mindset that whatever capital you have uh, the whole of it is at risk you might think that oh apple is such an established company or google alphabet is such an established company if i buy their shares yeah the share price may go down but it's not going to come down to near zero because it's it's a, but that's not that's not guaranteed and i have seen i've been trading for quite quite some time four or five years and i have seen you know, established companies completely go down near zero. So, it, you know, in, in pennies. So it's it's actually, you know, same as being zero. And then there is another sort of line, which is definitely always true, which is um, past performance cannot predict future uh, gains. So a lot of the times you, as, as soon as you start doing researches, you'll probably see a lot of people are analyzing past data in terms of trying to find patterns of how past, you know, how the share performed share or the cryptocurrency or foreign, foreign, foreign currency performed in the past to predict how it would perform in the future. But this is another kind of if you want to you know write 10 commandsmen commandments of share trading these would be the two on top capital at risk and the second one would be past performance cannot predict future performance and that is absolutely 100 percent true and do not deviate from this knowledge that you know uh, you know you can spend a lot of time analyzing the past share going up and down and finding patterns and finding this kind of M pattern or whatever, bullish, bearish, but it cannot guarantee anything on how it will behave in the future. So be aware, be um, very careful and cautious. But again, I would still encourage you, uh, we, we're telling you all the all the things to be cautious of, not to discourage you, but to um actually ultimately encourage you but go forward cautiously knowing all the things that can go wrong so you can sort of uh, have a more informed decision as you as you sort of try this out but yeah the the whole point of our talk today is the digital trading platforms enabled individual investors like you and I to sort of uh, be part of this marketplace that we couldn't do before. So whether you want to buy Bitcoin or a bit of Turkish Lira or a Japanese Yen in Forex, uh, foreign currency exchange, or if you want to buy a bit of Google, Apple or Microsoft in trading, uh, uh, wherever you want to go to, all of these are now in your fingertips potentially in your mobile app, if not in your desktop. So all of these things are enabled and available to you as as an individual, uh, thanks to digital trading platforms. And uh, that's what's available nowadays to us. Yeah, and, and I, I think uh, one of the things which while you were talking, I picked up is uncertainty and the risk. And the other one was uh, about the uh, changing future of companies. I think if you look at uh, why we recommended uh, S&P 500 or FTSE 100 is that over a period of say 30 or 100 years, the list has changed. So somebody that was on top is no longer at top. So today Apple is at top, but tomorrow Apple may not be there. And that's why the list changes. And that's why it's safer to invest in these funds because then you don't have to figure out who is on top or who's at the bottom. They take that risk, they do the analysis and they put it. So S&P, uh, S&P, Standard & Poor, they decide who are the top 500 companies. FTSE decides who are the top 100 companies and they prepare a list. And then there are companies like Vanguard who prepare an index fund. They invest in these companies. You don't have to worry about it. So 100 years down the line, we don't know which companies will remain because technology is changing so rapidly that you can't predict anything. And the second point was about uncertainty and why there is uncertainty. So imagine I want to buy some rice. Now, tomorrow there is a flood or tomorrow there is a drought. And I know and, and I don't know. So I, I don't know because I, I don't have uh, weather data. 
there is a drought there is no rice crop so whatever i have rice now is suddenly in huge demand and people are willing to pay me more money for rice because now there is a drought and uh, it's a less in demand but there was an uncertainty because no one knew that there could be a drought okay so and then later down the line um, there was an earthquake so a lot of people died okay elections happened and governments changed so the policies changed so some companies were impacted more than other companies these are things you can't predict from a graph lot of people when they try to predict a graph they look at formulas and mathematics but how do you predict the outcome of an election how do you predict whether an earthquake will come tomorrow there or not no you can't predict that and that's where the uncertainty uncertainty is and that's how stock market should not be there to predict the future it is just so that in you invest okay no matter if even if you if there is an earthquake google will still survive maybe for a year maybe for next 10 years till the next company emerges but it will still survive the earthquake it will still survive the drought so you don't have to worry about that because you're investing for the long term but if you try to predict the market based on a graph the graph can't predict all these things of what's happening and the market is influenced by that how does the company price go up because the company is making more money how does a company make more money by selling more goods but if there is a, a strike if there is a earthquake if there is a, a flood then the company can't sell enough goods if there is a covid there is a lockdown so a lot of companies they lost their value so that's how this uncertainty can't be predicted no one predicted covid would happen but it did happen and lot of companies they they got bankrupt because they were like how do we survive in a market like this so they had to be bailed out by the government because government said okay fine we will help you because this is an unprecedented situation and you cannot predict that using a graph that okay it performed well this year well so it will perform this well next year you can't predict that absolutely absolutely so hope you guys had a good insight on uh, various digital trading platforms and all the options that are open to you guys we do encourage you guys to check everything out and potentially do get involved and you know put yourselves out there because that's the only way to sort of progress you know as uh, in in life as an individual and as a society we need to sort of branch out to experience new things that are available but again uh, the whole point of this uh, conversation today was to educate you on the concerns so you can make an informed and cautious step forward but definitely do step forward nonetheless so that's the message um and hope you guys have enjoyed our conversation today we have thoroughly enjoyed it i'm sure amit would agree and uh, we hope to see you again in our next episode and please do uh let us know we are available you know just just a quick google search away i mean our links are available below in description all the time but we are also available in all kinds of social media from linkedin to facebook wherever you know if you just look uh, search with our names so do reach out to us give us your feedback or questions or suggestions or if you'd like to come on with um in in our podcast as a guest we would very like uh, very very um would like it very much to welcome you uh, and talk to you about various things so uh, yeah look forward to hearing from uh, all of you and uh, thank you very much for tuning in yeah thanks a lot uh, really enjoyed the conversation thanks <laughs>